Hit a home run and get pre-approved for your next refinance or home purchase at thehomeloanexpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. Are you trying to find the sports fan in your life the perfect holiday gift? Why not think about tickets to the 8th Annual Evening with the Cardinals coming up on January 11th at St. Louis Union Station Grand Ballroom. This year it features Ted Simmons and Ozzie Smith. Dinner, auction, private photo session with the two legends. And hear them reminisce about their careers. Get your tickets at thenccs.org. That's thenccs.org. It's an Evening with the Cardinals. January 11th, thenccs.org. And we're back on the Scoops Radio Network. Is that it? I That's like not that. the Scoops Radio Network? Well, let's hope it grows into it that. It could become the Scoops Radio Network. This is part two of the Dan and Martin mailbag, but we really didn't have a title for it, so we just we scrapped it after like a month. No, we did it. I did have emails, by the way. Okay. Did you bring them? Yeah, they're on my phone. Oh, you do? Okay. So yeah. we're answering people's questions. We can. Yeah. Are these burning questions? Not really. They were, they were actual Silly. sports questions. No, these were like real. Oh, wow. These were real. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Let's, these were real. I didn't, I didn't know if you wanted to do real questions or, you know, you just wanted to kind of shoot from the hip, whatever I, you I want. I want to do both, Dan, and I do have a serious question. I'll start yes. with this, okay? I ask, you ask. New little, re- right. little recess game. If you could sit anybody down and do a, a you know 30 minute documentary style interview is there anybody and maybe somewhat realistic this is not one of those uh, dead or alive but somebody, well if it was i was going to say if it was dead jackie robinson okay that's, that's a good answer like not even debatable for me i would love i would have loved to have talked to jackie robinson because i think his impact on the game is and, and in life was so enormous that it doesn't get enough attention still to this day i don't think it gets enough attention so that's who i would want to talk to now alive trump what would you ask him where do you start well yeah i mean what would i want to ask him and this is by the way i don't need anybody turning off the radio going oh dan's a big right winger and a left wing no i'm just saying i would like to visit with trump because i think he's a a fascinating guy um, but I also just the state of the world from his point of view, like right down the middle. I'm not one way or another, but here are the questions and fired away. I, that would be that's just off top of mind. I, w- I would want to interview him. Well, it would, it would probably get you a lot of clicks. Am I right? going to get in trouble for saying that? I mean, oh, I, I, I think that's that's the sad thing in 2019. You can't even. OK, when I did News Talk Radio, I was at KTRS and towards the end, I'd been there about five years. Towards the end of my run there, it was during the election of 2016. Yeah. I don't take a lot of stuff seriously. And I would make a joke about Hillary. We go to the break and people are like, you tell Martin, you know, he's a jerk. And the next segment, I'd make fun of Trump. And they'd be like, oh, I see you're yeah. left, left leaning. And I'm like, no, no, I'm making fun of everybody. So I want to make that clear. That's what I'm trying to right. say. I, Trump I just, would be a fascinating figure. Now, he's the president of the free, Psychiatrists uh, might want know. to sit down with him, too. I mean, there's a million ways oh, you yeah. can go. With Trump. I was going to say Letterman, just because as a Letterman kid. Letterman would be great. And I don't know that he would. I mean, first of all, he'll never do it. I don't know how willing he would be, because I think he's so used to being the guy doing yeah. interviews. Even when he does his shows now, and I enjoy those segments, which I forget the name of the. Oh, my next guest yes. needs no introduction, because he's always in charge. And, it, and whenever a great guest, like a George Clooney, would turn the tables, I think he'd get a little bit uncomfortable. So he may never want himself in that position i uh i would also go with and i'm going to get it done this summer john miller yeah just be i I talk to john miller all the time but i imitate him (laughs) i imitate him all the time does he know that 
Oh yeah, I told. Didn't I tell you that? I story? think we talked about this. Yeah, and he's okay yeah. with it though. Some well, get... at least he puts on a front that he's okay with it. I've I've asked multiple people that know him very well. I'm like, is he all right with this? And they're like, oh yeah, he's fine. I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. think people. You never know quite how they take it. Years ago, I'd like to interview Gretzky too. I'm just starting to think of people. No, but anyway, go ahead. I'm go glad ahead. I planted this seed. Yeah, next week, me think. scoops will explode. Dan sits down with John Miller and Wayne Gretzky and Trump, and I'm like, Trump oh my calls God, in. this is my fault. Yes. I'm an idea guy, and I'm giving them away. So what were you saying? Many years ago. Well, I was on KMOX with Bernie Miklas, and Bernie said, my, my guy Martin's here. No, hey, pal, real, real quick, do a little – come on, you do some Mike Kelly. And we were talking Mizzou. Mike Kelly. On the Tiger Radio Network from Learfield. And you it's would, 10 after 12. Yeah. It's 12 <laughs> minutes past the hour. Or, <laughs> no, Mike would make it long. Say, it's 48 minutes before the hour. I'm like, wait a minute, it's 48. Oh, it's 12 after. Yeah. But Bernie gets me to do a little bit. And he's like, oh, hey, pal, I, I, I didn't tell you, but he's on the line. And I go, oh, crap. And this is – I'm still relatively new in town. Yeah. And he's like, hey, hey, hey Tiger Mike, did you? that's our buddy Martin here. A little <laughs> bit of the and, – and he's like, I did hear. Like, Interesting. silence. And there was – yeah, there was really nothing. I heard it. Yeah. Thanks, Bernie. Uh, Bernard, <laughs> I did hear some of that. <laughs> and that was the end of it. And I go, I'm like, oh, God, he hated it. He didn't like it. Then I saw him maybe a month later at the Bragg and Ride shoot around the day before the game. And we sat and talked for about 15 minutes, team shooting, Quinn Snyder's coaching. And he gets up. He goes, all right, Joel, great to see you. And walks away. And he wasn't being funny. I think he thought I was Joel. And I'm like, well, this well, is good. That's yeah. why he was talking to me because he didn't know it was that jerk Martin who imitated him. Ooh, I got another good guy I want to interview. I, I actually was close to getting it done last year was Hank Aaron. Oh, that'd be great. I'd like to sit down with Hank Aaron. Um, I like sitting down with guys that have a tie still to the Negro Leagues, which I think is fascinating from my point of view of, of what I do for a living in baseball. So uh, I love the history of the game. And those guys are going to be gone before you know it, you know. And then you're just left with, not hearsay, but secondhand stories. So I'd rather hear it from those that, that played in it or, you know, the barnstormers, the guys that were going from town to town and playing in, in various leagues and, and what it was like for them. Um, I've interviewed Bob Gibson a bunch. I find that to be one of my more fascinating interviews of anybody that I've ever sat down with. And now he likes you, which helps. Well, I'd like to think he does. Well, I think he likes you, which helps. Yes. Um, so that does help. You know, it, years ago, and I'm interrupting Dan, and this is the Scoops Radio Network. Yes. From Learfield IMG Bank or whatever. It's always like something on the <laughs> end of Learfield it. From Learfield Sports. It, it's, and then it's like IMG Central Bank. And I'm like, oh, my God, they can't even get to a break. <laughs> There's so many things connected. But we're at Cooperstown, and it's for Whitey Herzog, but we're gathering interviews about Whitey, and I see Bob at a signing with a bunch of older players. And Dick Sitzman, his longtime, yeah. and, and Stan Musial's longtime business partner, and I said, hey, Dick, we wanted to do something with Bob real quick about his take on Whitey. And he said, oh, yeah, hold on, I'll, yeah, I'll go talk to him. And my photographer stays 20 feet away, and I walked over, and I hear Zitzman say, hey, Bob, Martin's here. Good, good guy. Channel 2, St. Louis. Just something real quick. And Gibbs goes, blank, no. What am I going to blank and say to those guys? And I'm thinking, oh, crap. Yeah. So now I go back to the photographer, and Zitzman comes over. He goes, oh, yeah, he's fine. Go ahead. Just yeah. Your and I was like, well, That's what? Bob's way of being yeah, but, uh, gracious. But, but, I, but I didn't know if I was getting set up because Dick goes, oh, you're fine. Go ahead. And I'm yeah. like, am, am I fine? And I walked over like, hey, Mr. Gibson. And he's like, 
yeah, I heard you're coming. What do you got? And, yep. and we did it, and yep. it was fine. But I think your rapport with him, it's obvious from telling stories or whether he's in the booth with you guys. Well, at that, dinner. And, and guys like that, if they open up, they're great, but they don't trust or like a lot of us. And I understand why. You know, the Thanks. more – well, no, no, no. I mean, I, and I include I know myself in that too. I, I just think that the further I get along in my career, I understand why these guys are getting – they're inundated now more than ever to, to do interviews. And I think when it's done, they're like, man, uncle, I've had enough. Just let me go live my life. My numbers speak for themselves or my career does. I'm good. Where some guys embrace it, I think others are – mysterious for fans and I, I think Bob is one of those guys that's still kind of a mystery for fans I went to dinner one night with it was Bob and Steve Carlton McCarver and Zitzman and that was one of the more fascinating dinners I've ever sat at in my life because and Dan could talk but that night you didn't have to no I didn't <laughs> I just was like a fly on the wall and just let it go and um, to hear those guys talk and and I'm not saying include me as an equal, but at least they knew it wasn't going to be recorded. They knew I was trustworthy not to say what was being said in the, the dinner, but to hear what they had to say about it or about an era that they played or a player that they faced or the teams they were part of, it really is interesting. I mean, and, and that's where you, you wish you could get the, the wall down on some of these guys, especially current athletes, um, and find out more about them. And, and that's where I'm really concerned about baseball. I, I, to me, what's going to sell the game is that you got to find out more about these players. The players are the, are the game. That's why we go to the game. And we, we've talked about this before. And the only way you learn about a player is if they talk to you, the media. And I'm not talking about standard sound bites of, you know, yeah, it was a tough one and I wish I wouldn't have taken that 3-2 pitch or whatever. I missed that, misplayed that ball. I mean, Let's find out why did that guy like the game and what, what is he doing his off time and what are his interests and what do you like to do? What, who are you? And if you find out more about who you are and, and can relate to them, I think then you grow the game. And if you don't, it's going to be tough to, to get to embrace um, the player. I, I, I read a really interesting thing recently. Mark Cuban talked about, I guess, the, the local ratings for the NBA are down a little bit. And he said, I'm not worried about that. He said, but I think, and I, I think I'm right about this, but he said, we as an industry, the NBA, our players relate to the fans better than any other sport. And I, I kind of happen to agree with that. I mean, it seems like you know more about an NBA player than you do than Mike Trout. Like if I said, what do you know about Mike Trout? Well, I know he's a, the best player in the world. He might be one of the best ever before it's all said and done. He plays for the Angels. He's a center fielder. He loves the Eagles because he's from there and he loves weather. And outside of that, you don't know a lot about Mike Trout. And we're talking about the best player in the game and the best player in the world in that sport that's still extremely popular. That's a problem to me. I, why aren't we marketing him more? I, I, I just think we need to do that more with our players. I try to do that on the games locally as much as I can. Um, and we're in a unique fan base. But, I mean, generally speaking, I don't know if you agree with that. I just think we need to learn more about the players. I think the teams – also need to embrace it instead of building a wall. And granted, I'm coming from a media perspective, but to your point, that's selling the game. And the more, not just access, but the ability to sit down and have a fight. We used to have players, regardless of sport, baseball, football, hockey, Sunday nights, they're sitting in the studio. Yeah, I was wondering. I was going to ask time. you about and that. It, why, it just, does, why don't we ever see that anymore? It's just, you know, we did have limo deals where you'd pick them up. I'll never forget Dre Bly called. We probably didn't even have cell phones. He called the office and said, oh, man, my stomach is killing me. I said, what do you He goes, I don't think I can make it. 
Emily's like, but can I run a quick errand with the limo? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, either you get in the car and come here. That's the only reason we did it, to so make you show up. But I think the players just – I don't know if it's the money is so big. Like, who cares about a stupid interview? We don't have to market yeah. ourselves or we don't have to hustle the way we used to. We've all sort of just like – you know, you can ask Frank Cusimano or Maurice Drummond, probably Savard towards the end of his sports days – we just kind of, I mean, just collectively, it just died. Where yeah. you would say to a guy, "Can you come in?" Now you still get a coach or maybe a retired player, but the current players getting them. To well, come you had to Jackie them. Smith on, right? Yep, the other night he was great. And Jackie is class act. And oh, it, he's the best. And it's not just hey, let's talk a little football. He's actually really involved in Perryville in this for the replica wall the it's Vietnam a, wall. It's a Vietnam replica wall. We've I'm going to do a story on it on Scoops actually. Well, you should. We've done yeah. a couple of TV stories on Fox too, and. The first time you see it, you're like, oh, my God, I'm in the middle. I get off the highway in Perryville, and there's this massive memorial. Yep. And the guy whose story, and we've done, I think, two stories on it, Jim Edelman, is the quietest, most humble guy, had a little bit of money in the bank, and said, I'm going to build a memorial because he came back from Vietnam. Some of his classmates from Perryville had died, and he said, I'm going to do something to honor them. 40, 50 years later, he said, I got an idea. And it's a, uh, it's such a replica of the Vietnam Wall that even the names that are misspelled in Washington, D.C., you may go to see a loved one who died in Vietnam. If they misspelled their name on the memorial in D.C., the one in Perryville misspelled, yeah. they wanted it to be exact. Uh, and so Jackie, well, he could talk about a million things. And he's 79. If he shakes your hand, it'll oh, still break. rip off your arm. If it's he, unbelievable. Yeah, he's so strong. He's as strong as an ox. And we show the video of him dragging. His most famous touch on probably dragging all these cowboys into the end zone. Yeah, I love that And one. I said, I go, I'm going to, we're going to play that. All. He goes, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, yeah, that's the cool. If I did that, I would talk about it all day. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. So we'll let it speak for itself. What's the most uncomfortable interview you've had? You know, one of my worst interviews I remember was a satellite interview. You and I both were working for that motorsports show. Yeah, Motorsports Weekly. Motorsports Weekly, and it was A.J. Foyt, and I don't he remember. He could be a, a crusty oh, dude, and, man. And it was more awkward because I think if you're in the room, you can kind of, like, get the feel for how it's going to go or l yeah. lighten them up a little bit. But he's got an earpiece. I don't remember the particulars. I just know it was terrible. Um, there have been... Awkward moments. I remember McGuire, he took Billy Wagner in the upper deck, walk-off winner, and it's during 98, so it's one of his 70 homers. But I was down there. I wasn't anchoring as much. I was in the field a lot, and I was in the clubhouse after, and we're around McGuire. He's just giving us nothing interesting about the homer. and it's yeah. like, Just like, whatever, it's just a hit. And I said, you had a walk-off against Billy Wagner. I said, the crowd goes crazy. I said, do you ever get giddy? And I don't know why it was a terrible question. And he just looked at me and goes, I don't get giddy. And it was, but then he gave a long answer. Yeah. He said, but when you hear that crowd, the second the ball leaves my bat, I knew it was gone. And yeah, by the time I hit first base, it got louder. And I, you know, he gives a great answer. And I'm like, I'll take the bullet. If I had to ask Big Mac if he yeah. got giddy and he gave me the answer, it's worth it. And then when he hit the 62, I was in the Cubs clubhouse. And I said to Steve Traxel, is there anything cool about being part of history? He goes, there's nothing cool about giving up a historic home run. <laughs> now, that was a terrible question, but I took a shot that maybe he'd give us something. Yeah. So I think anytime you're in those one-on-ones, you can get your head bit off in a heartbeat. Oh, there's no doubt. And it happens. And it's funny. There's a lot of serious stuff going on in the NHL about players who say they were verbally abused by their coaches, and I'm not making light of that. But – 
Frank Cusimano and I were talking about. We said, but Tony verbally abused us every day. Well, it and was we part of the to, deal. We lived to tell. Well, that's that's just kind of who Tony was. Right. You want me to go through us? Uh, oh, yeah, let's these? see. What do we got? We All got right. emails? <clears throat> I, I have a few. Celebrate 125 years of history at St. Louis Union Station with free movies every weekend. Get a bird's eye view of all that history when you take a spin on the St. Louis wheel. Soaring 200 feet into the air, you'll appreciate the iconic skyline inside a climate-controlled gondola. Enjoy a round of golf at the 18-hole miniature golf course. Other attractions include the St. Louis Carousel and the Fire and Light Show. Visit stlouisunionstation.com. Come celebrate. Hair Saloon for Men, proud sponsor of ScoopsWithDannyMac.com. Home base in St. Louis, founded in 1997. 16 locations. You'll receive the perfect haircut, complimentary beverage, relaxing shampoo, hot towel on a men, complimentary shoe shine, all for just $22. And for an extra $5, get a stress-relieving scalp massage. Hair Saloon for Men, 16 locations. There's one near you. Hair Saloon for Men. Hey, St. Louis, fall is in the air. Are you ready for football watch parties, chili cook-offs, caramel apples, and pumpkin pies? If you're not, you need to think about heading to Schnucks. All those essentials in one place, and they make it easy as possible to get what you need at Schnucks. Schnucks will save you time and money. So instead of bouncing around from store to store, go to the one place that has it all and rewards you for simply shopping with them. That's Schnucks. Um, let's see. This one comes from Brian Say, who is in London. And uh, he follows the Cardinals all the time. And he says he loves all the, the stuff we have on the website. He said, would you guys talk about what it means for, and I'm paraphrasing here. It's kind of a long email. But he, he wanted us to talk about what it's like for the Cardinals to go to London and what we think about it. Um, and you so, have to end it with bloody hell. Just say bloody hell. Well, you could do that. Have you been to London? I have not. I have not either. Um, I, I think it's good. I, I know the Cardinals have looked at, at trying to not only be a St. Louis team and a regional team, which they are really. The, the St. Louis is on the front, but it's a regional team. I mean, it's the Midwest, and that it is what it is. Um, and they're trying to become a global entity with this. I think part of it is is the reasoning here and to grow the game. I'm okay with it. I, I initially was like, eh, eh, why? But I get why they're doing it, and you're trying to grow the game, and here I am sitting there saying, well, you got to learn more about the players and grow the game. This is one way to do it. We went to Monterey. That was a cool experience. Monterey was a cool experience, going down to Mexico. But that's where there were so many baseball fans anyway. That's the difference. I think in Mexico, they love baseball. Yes. I think in London, it's – it's great. It's fun. I think there's a game on the Fox Network, so I'll, of course, shill for that. Of course. But it's fun. It's fun. It's 162. I don't think all of a sudden everyone in Britain is going to no. say, God, i got to pick up a ball and a bat. And I, I don't anticipate that you would see a team over there. The logistics of ever that happening with the kind of scheduled baseball plays, I don't think you can do it. I think the only sport you might be able to do it would be with the NFL because you got a week in between games. Um, I think when we get there, it'll be really cool. It'll be hectic. It's going to be a long trip. It's in the middle, I think, of a long trip anyway. I think we go to New York and then there and then come back and still stay on the road. Um, but, I, I, you know, what the hell? I mean, if you're trying to do something different with the game, I mean, it, my whole thing is you should be interviewing players in-game. I think you should be doing different things outside the box. This is outside the box, so I, I'm for it. And if you get some fans from it, then good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it probably it doesn't hurt. I just don't think there's going to be a huge buzz about. It. But like the the next week, they're not going to. Don't be you the, think though? There's going to be a ton of 
St. Louis people that say that's my oh, yeah. vacation. That's my trip. That's where I'm going. And I, if you were looking for a family trip and you're a baseball diehard, you could kind of justify it, roll it all into one, or say <laughs> I've never been to London, so I'm going to go to this. I, I did find it funny, though. I said to my brother-in-law, I said, and he travels for a living, he travels overseas, and he goes, yeah, but if I'm going to go to a Cardinal game, I can just go down the street. Right. <laughs> you know? I said, that's valid. You know, he's like, if I'm going to be in London, I want to go see London. I don't want to go see the Cardinals play. I do want to see the cat loose on the streets of London. Jim I don't know Hayes. if he's going to go because we're right? not doing the game. It's going to be, I think so it's it, two games and they're both on national TV. Oh, is that right? Okay. One's on ESPN. One will be on Fox oh. 2. And then uh, Well, then I that's probably it. need to go. Obviously, I need to be there. You guys if would be there, wouldn't you? I don't know. That's, if it's on Fox 2, you don't think well, you'd? Well, let's put in the early request right now. I'll submit for that. I had a uh, question here from – this is from Mike Wisenhunt for you. Used to coach the Arizona Cardinals, I think. That would be Ken. I'm sorry, Willie. Did you say Mike or Ken? Martin, if you weren't – this is for both of us. If you weren't the sports director of Channel 2, what are you going to do? I, I think you're a talented guy. That's very nice. Oh, that's very nice, Mike. I always said I wanted to be a college professor because I'd like – I wanted to be a coach and teacher. Coach and teacher. Yeah. Baseball coach? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love I I love the game. I see Dan walking around in his like bike shorts. You know, not but I would cycle been, shorts, but the old bike shorts. The old shorts. bike shorts. He's got a whistle around his neck. I would have been different though. What would you have been teaching? History. Other than Jim. Okay. History. I love history. I don't know it well enough. But I love it. But hell, I went to Viani, so what's the difference? <laughs> I wanted to be a college professor in part because I thought I'd have season tickets to all the basketball games. I'd have my summers off, and somebody said, "Well, this is really altruistic. You want to be, you want to help kids. You just want the schedule." But I think the college, the college campus, the environment. I would love to be around. I still wouldn't mind, even though the media world has, you know, changed a great deal. We'll leave it at that. I wouldn't mind teaching some classes or advising kids on. First of all, I'd tell them to go to law school. But if yeah. you're going to try and do something in the media world, I wouldn't mind teaching a class. Or would two. you do this again if you could do it over? I mean, at the time when I mean, we this both podcast, were in this, no, in the, agree. Yeah, no. Sh- no uh, kidding. Almost said. Well, I don't know. You word. probably can, but you shouldn't. I, th- this is. Uh, somebody asked me if I would do this over again. It's provided me a great life. I am living out my dream of what I wanted to do as a kid. Uh, I played baseball in college. I knew my limitations as a player, but I never wanted to be a player. This is what I always wanted to do. I don't know though if I would do this over again. I don't know if I'd do it. I, I, I'd have. I got four little kids. I mean, now they're 14, 12, and 10. Um, and you're saying that's three. I have twins. I, I don't – because I'm a, I'm gone so much. Like, Martin, I could be gone February 1st starting this year for spring training. I am booked at a place starting February 1st, gone until March 25th. And, by the way, this is not boo-hoo on me. I mean, this is – I have a great life. But – you have that, and then you're you're into the season, and as my wife always says, she's like, "Well, you're home, but you're really not here. Like you're you're in a different realm." I'm always thinking about the game and what I got to do and different things. And then October first hits, and she's like, "All right, you're a civilian again. You're you're back to being a human being." And I know most people can't understand that. Like they're like, well, "I mean, you show up at seven, you do the game." Well, no, we don't show up at seven, and I do feel a tremendous amount of pressure to do a good job, so I prepare all day for it. I'm present when I'm home, but it seems like I'm not really there. Does that well, makes sense. Hard. No, I get it. And and you being a sports director, I mean, you're in charge of a department that you can't be beat on a lot of stuff, or at least you try not to be. You're always thinking. You're always trying to dig. You're always trying to keep connections. I mean, you're in the same boat I am. 
it's constant. And and other people have jobs like that too. So I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen in a different job. It's just when you're traveling like we do, or certainly in my job, it's just it's just hard. You know that part of it is hard. Yeah, and I don't know if I do hours. it again. It's the yeah. hours. I mean, it's the the and it it sounds trite. It sounds cliche, but it, you're gone a ton. I'm at work at night a ton. So you come home at 1130. My wife's like, oh, kids are crazy. Or they did their homework. And like, you missed it. Like, what happened? Right. You're just not there for a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a ton of fun. The problem is the phone has probably changed everything. You're always available. That's the difference. And so I get a text. And all of a sudden, oh, everybody's I gotta, I, a reporter, by the way, too, with your phone. I, I, I go speak to, to kids all the time. And I say, <clears throat> all of you right now are a reporter. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, if, if you wanted to film what I'm saying. And put it out on Twitter. Go ahead, you can. Right, but I'm saying even in terms of availability, like you get a text at 8 a.m. that says, "Hey, was thinking about the pregame show at your producer," or somebody, one of your bosses will text you at noon, and you're going to work out. And like, oh, we got a quick question about Saturday. Exactly. Or, and you're so you're available almost 24 hours because of your phone. Where right. in the old days, you probably walked into the office and said. Hey, what do we got today? And now it's that's, all day you're connected to your job. That's how we used to do it at KMOX. We had John Cooper, who back in the day was a guy that they literally had to tell him, you will take your vacation because he was a just a, a workaholic. I mean, that's all he did. He, he would work and work and work, and he'd be there till 3 or 4 in the morning leaving carts, the old carts and sound bites of the various stuff for the guy that would come in the morning, and then he'd show up at like 2 o'clock and work until 2 or 3 in the morning. But we had a billboard, a dry erase board, and, and it, that's what it had. You know, Monday, cover the Rams, do this, dig on this thing, call this agent, find out, do a follow-up. Tuesday, it's here. I mean, now you don't need any of that stuff. You got a calendar on your phone. You look at it if people are doing that, and that's how it's done. But the problem is that no one plans like that anymore because everything is instantaneous. It's so fast and so quick, you cannot keep up if you don't have a staff. I mean, if you got a staff, you kind of can, but it's still very, very tough to do. Dan, I loved it. Guess what I got? I, I'm on dad That's duty. It? Well, I'm off TV, so I'm on dad duty. I'll be doing a little carpool. Sometimes I even see Dan at carpool. Yes. Uh, I'll be running a few errands today and then uh, just sitting around the fire, relaxing. What All are you doing for Christmas? Uh, Going to be in town. I actually have to work, to our point. I think Christmas night, but Christmas Eve, I happen to peek at the news schedule, and Mike Colombo, a fellow Griffin of yours, is the news anchor Christmas Eve, and I'm like, he knows sports. They don't need me in there. He exactly. Can... Let him do it. So we've already talked. It may be a, he may be getting a, a ham or something, but I believe Mike Colombo, in case he's listening to this, will now know for sure he's doing sports. But we'll be in town and then actually in the new year going to Hawaii, first time ever, because my wife's parents are having their 50th wedding anniversary, and their request was for their two daughters to go with them on a trip. Oh, that's cool. So we'll do that in the new year. But a lot of grinding, Dan, between now and then. Um, quickly here, I, I want to – I just – because you were tied in with the Rams very, very well. I think you know where I stand on the – People uh, People want <clears throat> Dan's turning bright red. He's so mad, just at the mere starting mention. Starting to sweat. By the way, Rams is a four-letter word, just in case you're wondering. Getting a little pissed thinking about it. But I will ask you this. I'm assuming you read the article on ESPN.com, which was great reporting. He's, uh, Stan Kroenke is at least $3 billion uh, over budget. I, I talked to somebody tied in with the NFL over the weekend. They told me it is escalating exponentially. I mean, it is. They, this person said it's rising rapidly and that the NFL has been put on their, the, their heels, was the way that this person put it, by what's happening with the uh, – 
the lawsuit from St. Louis. What are you hearing about that? Because I think fans would be curious, because I know you're tied in with some of these people, and I'm curious about it too. What, what are you hearing about this whole thing? You know, I think the sense and of where gotten, do you stand too? Well, I think, well, I, first of all, it's great. I mean, it's karma times 10. And I think as great a bit, I prefer to just call him Enos, as great a businessman as he is, and everybody talks about it, and some people debate it, say, are you a great businessman if your Walmart is your anchor tenant and then you rent the stores next to it? And you're $3 billion over budget. Yeah, and so I think that same person in Houston in January 2016 was so elated, and basically you find out you're getting a move, okay, my team's worth a billion, now it's worth $2 billion. I just made a billion dollars by signing some papers. That day when they said, hey, we need to indemnify all of our teams where they're legal, you know, Enos gladly signed it, and I think in his mind he probably thought, hey, five, ten million bucks, you send me your bill, I'll pay him. I don't care if you get a little – Yeah. I don't think he anticipated the legal headache and the legal expenses that have now come his way, which is shocking for a guy who kind of always dictates the conversation and controls the room, that I think that one mo move to sign those papers in Houston said, I'll pay all your legal bills – Every team now is saying, here you go. But on top of that, the fact that they are that there is infighting with owners and they're mad at each it's other. Awesome. That is, it's it's what they deserve. It's karma. hundred percent. I, I didn't understand this to this extent. I, as a St. Louisan, was irate over the relocation letter and what it had to say, and I, I've read it multiple times. Um my understanding was that there were some in the NFL that thought that he would just pick up and leave because Elise was up and that legally he was going to have the chance to do that. And would there be ruffled feathers? Of course. Would there be people that are upset? Of course. But when the relocation letter hit, um, that was surprising for some in the NFL that it went to that extent to torch the city on the way out. Right. And that's what flamed the fires of those around here to to say, you know what, enough's enough. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to put up, you know, you did what you did. You left and how you left. You know, you tanked. Essentially, he tanked, Martin. I mean, there, I don't think there's any way to put it those last three or four or five years. Or their interest in competing was low. You put know? it that way. Um, but there were some that were upset that he left in the manner that he did with that letter. And that letter has been the bane of his existence. While he thought it might have been his way out, it actually ruffled feathers inside the, the NFL of those that said, you don't need to go that far. And then obviously it, it stoked the fires here for those locally that said, I'm not putting up with it. And it's backfired on them. And I think the, the legal victories they've had, the different courts along the way, has shocked everybody in the NFL. Absolutely. And now they're kind of having this, oh, my God, moment. Like, are we really going to have to sign a big check? Stan, make it go away. By the way, right. Enos and Stan also four-letter words, one of the most interesting things in that ESPN.com piece is a court ruling, and it's the summer of 2018. None of us even knew about it. And they said in an empty courtroom, the Rams lawyer is arguing about it. They had the right to leave. Their right. lease was up. And the judge says, do you have to, do you have to get the NFL permission you know, to do anything? Yeah, 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 so you can't do whatever you want. That you do – he said, that's your whole case. He said – and the, the Rams lawyer apparently was kind of, whoa, whoa, whoa uh, uh, what I meant to say was – it was a gotcha moment where he said, you are accountable to the league. There That's are right. guidelines. There is some structure to – you can't just pack up and leave, which was they were trying to argue. That's right. And the judge kind of <laughs> caught him in that, and he said, well, well, you see, uh, Your Honor – and I'm paraphrasing, but I think if you haven't read it, you should. Well reported. Fascinating. And then Stan is screaming at Goodell, I want L.A. to myself. The Chargers owner is saying, we ain't moving. And the fact they all kind of hate each other, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. This we could do a whole, let's do a whole show just on the Rams. I got a million stories. And 
All right, we, next we, week. Rams. Let's do Rams. Unplug. You want to do it? mailbag. Yeah, but I want you – I'm going to have to give you a sedative before because I don't want you to get really, really mad. I'll bring you a soccer scarf to keep you calm, okay? Will that help? It would probably help. On, on the funded. Scoops Radio Network, IMG Learfield, State Bank. That's Martin. I'm Dan. Next week, mailbag. Dan at scoopswithdannymac.com for Rams questions for Martin Kilcoin. Does that work for you? That's perfect. See you then.